Want to go to a game? How about a concert? How about going to see classical music? Whatever you're into, there's only one place to get your tickets. Thankfully, we are partnered with SeatGeek, the essential resource for live events. For any of your ticket needs, make sure you go over to SeatGeek.com and use the code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL to receive $20 off your first purchase. Again, that is SeatGeek.com, promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL to receive $20 off your first purchase. We are super excited to announce that we are now partnering with Routine Baseball for all of your clothing needs, athleisure, the sickest baseball gear you can get. We're talking hoodies, shorts, sweatpants, sunglasses, hats, any baseball style you can imagine. Routine Baseball has it, and we are now partnered with them. All you got to do is go to routine.com backslash backside ground ball. That's a mouthful, so I'm going to say it again. It's routine.com backslash backside ground ball and check out all the different options they have you will receive 10 percent off your order today one more time routine.com backslash backside ground ball and get 10 percent off your order today powered by riverside Welcome back to episode 122 of the Backside Ground Balls podcast. Super excited to be back here on the pod. My name is Trevor Powers, and I am joined by my co-host, Dan Galati. Dan, how are we doing on this fine Wednesday morning, late morning, early afternoon we're going to trickle into here? We're doing good. We're doing good. Hanging in there. That's good. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And and for our listeners, I know the past couple weeks have been – rough um in terms of consistency of of posting podcasts and getting them out there and you know i had to deal with a rebellious co-host because his team wasn't in the world series so he didn't want to get on and talk about such baseball. a lie <laughs> such a lie uh, it'd probably make for better content if i had been rebellious and um was upset yeah well for those that don't know i'm sure they do uh texas rangers are your world series champions uh they handled the diamondbacks pretty easily i think that was something that i think you had picked the diamondbacks you were feeling the the mojo that they were running with when we were they were one one at the time and you know obviously i stuck with my gut with the rangers there after picking them to beat the astros but kind of what are your initial thoughts coming out of the world series at this point in time that Rangers team was really good all year. I mean, they spent most of the season in first place in the AL West. Um, they kind of got railroaded a little bit in late in the summer, early fall, and then, you know, got in and, and handled business. I mean, they were, from start to finish of the postseason, the best team in the postseason, and obviously they won the World Series. But, you know, that's a loaded lineup, uh, pitching staff that really stepped up, a great manager who – just wins world series <laughs> like you hear about all these other uh like head coaches in football and basketball like steve kerr and greg popovich and nick saban and bill belichick and no one mentions that like bruce bochy gets in the playoffs and just wins the world series and he's got four now he's he's reaching that that echelon of like if he wins another in texas gets five 
That's, yeah. He he like I don't like having the those debates of like is he the greatest of all time? I don't like those debates cuz it's like there's too much nuance involved, but man, just what an impressive job and 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 he's an incredible manager and whatever he does, whatever it is, whether, you know, you want to be Brian Kenny and say that you know, the Rangers are the best at strategizing, uh, game planning and baseball. And a lot of that has to do with Bruce Bochy or if it's because of his demeanor and the culture he kind of sets and the culture that he, I guess he doesn't set, your players kind of set the culture, but you, you definitely cultivate as the manager of the culture. Mm-hmm. If, if that's what it is, I don't know, but he does whatever it is really, really well and better than really kind of anyone that I can remember. I mean, Joe Torre obviously comes to mind. Um, but yeah. he's up there. I think it's interesting because he's won with multiple organizations, right? Um, right. It's very hard to do that as a manager because a lot of the, the inner workings of a organization are out of your control, right? You don't decide on player personnel. You aren't the players, right? You know, you don't really dabble in development. You're kind of just handed 25 to 40 guys that you're expected to win with him when you're able to go to multiple organizations and kind of carry the same success from organization to organization, it, it shows a lot of what he's able to do in cultivating is a great way to say it, cultivating that, that culture, communicating what expectations are building relationships with players. And it seems that all of those guys trust him and, and he has a tendency to trust them. Um, and it, it seems to be something that they have success when it matters most because of those, those things, obviously, which is, which is super important and, and definitely an awesome piece. And talking about managers, um, we'll, we'll kind of dive into this real quick before we get into the meat of what this episode is meant to be about. But Craig Council signs surprisingly for a lot of people with the Chicago Cubs. Um, it was a really interesting free agency, I guess, is probably the best way to describe it. Describe it. It was kind of a bidding war, right? There was between Milwaukee, it was between New York, and then early yesterday morning, or was it Monday morning? Monday. Monday morning, it comes out that there's a mystery team. And like, this is straight out of like what you'd expect Shohei Otani sweepstakes is going to look like. And you know, it turns out we, you know, me and you were texting back and forth, kind of some some hypotheticals of who we thought it may be, who we would be a fit for. Um, Sorry, John Schneider. We fired yeah, you, so, hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ali Marmol, you've already made it multiple months past when I would have kept you hired. So <laughs> let's just put it out there. Those are the two teams that we thought that was possible. Um, and he ends up going to Chicago, where obviously a guy that a lot of people think very highly of, and David Ross gets kind of the raw end of the stick here. But shows that Chicago is going to be aggressive this offseason. Shows that Chicago is going to be aggressive in building another winner similar to what they had in 2016. And they feel like that the pieces are there, that they need the guy, the decision maker, that's going to push them over the top. Yeah, I think that was the biggest takeaway for me too, right? Was the fact that, you know, the Mets had made a lot of sense and and less so because anytime there's, a you know, Anytime there's a free agent or anything, everyone just goes Mets, Mets, Mets because of what Steve Cohen has been willing to do the last 12 seasons. My reasoning for it was more so David Stearns. I didn't know what their relationship is like. I'm not on the inside. I don't know if they enjoyed working together. So I was like, oh, well, maybe that makes sense. Um, But I think the biggest thing that it signaled was, like you said, the the Cubs are now ready. Like they just missed out on the playoffs. That could have been them in the World Series is probably what a lot of – people in that organization felt like watching the Diamondbacks go on that run like they collapsed the last three weeks of the season like that very well could have been them um so I think 
like you said, I think it signals that like they're going all in. Like I, anybody who's available, like expect them to be in on Aaron Nola, expect them to be in on resigning Stroman, Bellinger, Otani, like any free agent that's out there this year. Like I expect the Cubs to be linked and at least discussing bringing them in because I think they really like that core. Dan's me and Nico up the middle. They both won gold gloves, although gold glove is, is carrying less and less credibility with me every year. Um, you know, Ian Happ, say a Suzuki, like they have guys there that they really like. Um, they have a core that they really believe in. They had a, they kind of outperformed my expectations just a little bit um, this year. And and so I think now that they're, they're ready to kind of take the next step and, and move into that territory of, of, being contenders again, like we saw in the mid 2010s of when they were, you know, one of the best teams in baseball. And I think they're ready to get back to that. Like Chicago's a big enough city, I think, to lure Shohei Otani. I, you know, because I think that's going to be one of the biggest things for him. Like I just, big city, like I just think, you know, New York, LA, Chicago. Like to me, those are the options for him. I would be surprised with Boston. Seattle potentially just because West Coast Seattle big enough city well, West Coast and close because to, you know, of the the connections to Japan. Yeah, as well. right, exactly. Ichiro, yeah, no, no doubt. Seattle's another one, but like you know what I mean by that, like those big cities that have I don't know how to get marketability, marketability, but also like the cultural fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean, like he, Shohei Otani, and, and and obviously they're not going to go after him, but like Shohei Otani in Pittsburgh, it doesn't. Yeah. That's that's not going to help him beyond baseball. That's not going to help his brand. That's not going to help his yeah. – Im- like there's nothing there that's going to help push that forward and who he is and the star power that he has, whereas Boston, New York, L.A., Seattle, because of where it's located and the past connection, Chicago, those places do have that and can continue to you know move him into this kind of mythological – stardom that he's in that even transcends the baseball field and you know where everywhere he goes there's just you know people going crazy for him so it makes sense and I hadn't thought about it really that much because I just wasn't sure what they were going to do and where they were at if they're going to put the the council move kind of tells me especially like you said David Ross is a guy that was really respected in that organization and I think well liked and I don't think it was a move saying you're not good enough. I think it was a move saying, no, like we are going to go get arguably the best manager in baseball in some, you know, some people's opinion to come in here and do this. Yeah. We'll, we'll spend another, a couple points that yeah, you made. We'll, we'll spend another day uh, previewing the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. We'll have plenty of times to touch base this off season. Um, we could also spend another day talking about the importance of a manager because eight year, eight million a year, five years, eight million a year for forty million seems to be a lot, and something that we would have expected a Steve Cohen to do, not a Chicago Cubs move to do. So those are both interesting concepts of of kind of what went into this. Um, just seems like a lot of money for a guy that, again, as we mentioned when we talked about Bruce Bochy doesn't control player personnel. He doesn't control decisions. That's he, the- he makes his, he, he makes his, puts his input, but like he's not impacting player development. And we know those things are what kind of sets organizations apart. And that's the thing. Like it's the, the way organizations are structured even today, like going back 20 years, it's so different now that like 
Major League Baseball managers, it's so funny because they're of all the sports. And we've mentioned this before, but I think it's even more true today and the way the game is played. Like because of all the people in the development positions, because of how, you know, how many positions in the front office are, you know, you're talking about assistant general managers, general managers, president of baseball operations, you know, your <clears throat> farm directors, your hitting court. Like there's just so much people that have more say than managers in the people that are on in the organization. Then you have the players who have to actually get it done. There's the way the game is played. There's a lot less in-game decisions now, even more than for managers. So, so it's like, how do you value the manager? What do managers actually do? It is an interesting discussion that I, I don't really know what the answer is, to be honest. Like, I cultivate think, I, I a culture. They, culture. Like, that's the number one thing. It's and like, communicate expectations. Communi- right. That's what I'm saying. Communicate expectations. Can they keep 25 guys happy and unconfident and understand and comfortable and understanding what the role is? Can they, you know, if they don't go to a guy or whatever the situation is, if something comes up, can they communicate with that player why they're operating the way they are? And can they do it in a way that the player then buys into it is like the only job they really have, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Translate the analytics worth... into your in-game decisions as well. Like if the analytics yeah, department and... hands you something, do you get offended? Do you just listen to what they say? Can you do both? That's, called, that's just being open-minded. I think that's a prerequisite of, well, of not even open like, at this people... point. Like you can be too open minded. Like, can you? Yeah. Can you find the right right? Because like, we're we can go too long. Let's let's do what we're here to do, and then we'll do this another yeah. day. Of course, of course, I, I'm with you though. Um, there's a balance to it, and Craig Council has seemed to have the balance. But again, right. we've we've seen managers sure. make this move, and it's not like in football you carry a scheme with you. You know, right. you're not a defensive minded coach right. who brings this with you. There's so many outlier factors that are not considered in the day-to-day management that he might not have control of. And who knows whether Chicago is going to do what – like, like oh, David Stearns and Craig Council have built great bullpens for the last X amount of years. How much of that was Craig Council? Great is young starting pitching that was homegrown. Yeah, right. and, and that have the, their to player development Council? ability to identify outlier talents and – outlier traits and put them in positions to be successful. Craig council did not develop Devin Williams change up. He used it and he used it intelligently a lot of times, but if there's no Devin Williams in Chicago and there's no Josh Hader in Chicago and there's no, you know, brigade of guys throwing a hundred, it doesn't matter how good Craig council is at making bullpen moves. It ain't going to make a difference. And that's the big thing to remember is for all the people that are all bent out of shape about, you not getting him, he would have been a great fit in New York, but he also doesn't fix roster problems. But like you said, let's get to what we're supposed to do today. I know we had 15 more minutes than I technically expected, but I walked into it. I felt like we needed to keep our listeners up to date on the happenings Engaged. of baseball. Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're here. We're still alive. Don't worry. And for anybody who was wondering where we've been, um, Dan's mentioned it kind of in passing a couple times and I know we've talked about it, but I've been busier, which has been a big piece of that. Um, and part of the reason has been because we have, both of us have been up at the performance Academy in apex, North Carolina, not too far from Dan's house. Um, we've been doing hitting clinics. We've been 
I've been given lessons. Dan is intending to do these things. And, and we were trying to cultivate a relationship and, and build our, our um, name recognition up there. And, and as we kind of talked with Bo and Andy and got to know them a little bit, we decided that it was going to be beneficial for the both of us to, to create a partnership. Right. And kind of what that's going to look like is obviously so now we are going to be partnered with the Performance Academy. We'll talk about the daily happenings of what's going on. Uh, We'll talk in detail about what the Performance Academy can offer. Any interested players, any interested parents, any interested people, coaches um, that are interested in getting a part of the Performance Academy community. Um, But a lot of it's going to be kind of similar to what we've done. We're going to be very interview driven, I think would probably be the next coming months as we go through the off season. We'll still cover the basic happenings across baseball, free agency, preview the season when we get there, college baseball season. Obviously, we wrapped up a fall season. We'll still do the things that we've always done for our listeners that have been here. But a lot of talk about player development, a lot of talk with coaches about the recruiting process, a lot of talk with players about kind of their story and how they've gotten where they they were trying to go and how they obviously go through their routines and things like that. Really, a lot of the stuff that we had spent last offseason talking about, and it's going to be really nice to have our partnership with the Performance Academy to obviously have that come to fruition and be able to offer really insightful conversations for anybody who's willing to listen, but especially the people that are affiliated with the performance Academy. Yeah. Very exciting to kind of continue to take this is we've started this and we didn't really know which direction it was ever going to go when we first got back on here two years ago now, whenever it was a year and a half ago. And, and we've kind of continued to navigate as opportunities have come for us. And this is um, I think one of the, best opportunities we've had if not the best and it's extremely exciting and uh you mentioned Bo and andy and you have a much you know i haven't been around them as much as you have at all but when you first meet them your impression is is guys that you want to work with so um it's very exciting and i'm i I can't wait to see where this thing leads and i think that um we're going to continue to be who we are we're just going to do it with a different twist and hopefully some more resources and and some more backing and some more eyes and ears which is never a bad thing and um i can't wait to kind of see what the possibilities continue to grow as because we're this is you know the very beginning of it and i think that potentially it could continue to branch off and go a bunch of different ways but i know that uh you and i both are are excited for the opportunity and and hopefully we can uh make something that people out there enjoy as well. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, as we've gone through this process of talking about what it's going to look like, you know, selfishly, I feel like it's just an opportunity to talk ball with really smart people. It's kind of what we started this podcast as, you know, and while we reach out to people for interviews, like I'm never going to complain about being able to pick the brain of a college baseball coach about kind of their daily operations and and what makes them successful. Um, You know, we're going to circle back on a lot of the people that we've had on in the past. 
We're going to be able to tap into those resources that we've already gotten to and, and be able to hopefully bring insightful conversations to people, baseball fans, uh, baseball parents, baseball players, anybody who really wants to learn more about player development, the recruiting process, how college baseball operates, and just in general of, of how to develop talent. I think that we are able to then utilize our partnership and our relationships that we have and be able to to provide really insightful information. And, and as I said, for, for me, it's it's selfish. It's it's like this is just a, a great opportunity to have a conversation with a Colton Lovelace, to have a conversation with with some of these other guys that we've been able to to talk to and, and learn from and, and pick brains and still have relationships with. And, you know, I think that's the most exciting part is that now we can continue to go in this direction and continue to be in a really good pop, spot to cultivate this and, and really grow it into something special. Yeah, that's the goal, right? The goal is to continue to bring, you know, it might not be totally unique, but bring content that we think is, is, worthwhile and useful for people to listen to. And like you said, getting to talk to people and especially in the college game and coaches and pick their brain and hear, you know, the similarities, similarities and differences of everyone is, is kind of what we enjoy the most. We could sit and do it all the time. We talk about it. You know, sometimes those interviews run long because we just get in the thick of it and we could continue to talk to some of those people all day. Yeah, definitely. And, and having the resources to potentially grow and, and do these things in person is a, is another piece of it. And I guess this, this is going to go hand in hand with obviously the announcement that we have coming out, but um, we're definitely working on with, with Andy and, and the team there at TPA for getting in-person interviews and how to do that more frequently and how to do that more efficiently. Um, as of now, I don't want to jinx anything, but it's pretty set in stone because we're already already planning it and planning what it's going to look like. We're going to head down to Gardner Webb, not this weekend, next weekend. We're going to sit down, have a sit down interview and video form with Coach Jim Chester. We're going to get a facility tour and really being able to tap into something that you talked about. It's not necessarily unique. The interviews that we do, I think we give a unique perspective, which I think interviewees appreciate. And I think players and parents will appreciate as well. Uh, for any of you that have, this is your first time listening in because obviously we're marketing through a different resource right now. Head back, check out Colton Lovelace's interview, check out Brian Torsani's interview, check out Tom Riley's interview, all these people, Matt Trait. Um, and I, I mean, I feel like I've already neglected half of our interviews that we've given because they were all super insightful for us and, and super personal and, and, you know, very good conversations. But by being able to do these interviews in person to bring a different element that might be unique in the college baseball world of, you know, okay, well, we go tour this facility and we're able to talk to whether it's a player or a coach about XYZ and why do you use this and how do you implement this and bring our coaching percent perspective of, I love that you have this talk to our listeners about what this is able to do and things like that, I think is going to bring a unique experience for, again, not only our current listeners that have been with us since day one, when we got back on here and started doing this, but also any eyes and ears that continue to join the backside ground balls family as we continue with this growth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, some of the names you just laid out there, it's like, it's, it's, it's been, exciting and and carter at unc was another one who was just an, an awesome guest and someone who gave us a, another um unique perspective and hopefully many many more i'm excited to head down to gardner webb and see what they got going on here in a couple weekends it should be fun and 
actually getting, you know, it's, it's one thing to get on here and, and do it via the internet, which is awesome. Cause it allowed us to, you know, be talking to, um, Colton and Stillwater and Tyson and Blacksburg and, and all those guys, but to be able to go and, and, and be in person with them should bring a different, um, it should be a different experience for us and one that I, I cannot wait. Yeah, I can't wait and being able I mean, I know you feel this way. I've been on more college campuses as of late. Um, but there's nothing that Dan loves more than a than a college campus and being able to walk around and feel the vibes and and all the stuff like that. So I know you're gonna be excited to be getting on campus at these places and seeing, you know, again, I mean, we've talked about it in detail with both Tyson, we've talked about it with Colton Carter, um, everybody at at those schools and you know, they talk about the resources that they're able to utilize for player development. Now we're going to be able to get to see it, right? We're going to be able to talk through it. We're going to be able to get to pick their brain in person about these things and and kind of the updates to their facilities. So Gardner Webb is the first of what is hopefully many once we get this this completed and and hopefully do a good job that's a worthwhile product. Then we're going to continue to market and grow and and try to get to more campuses. We can't guarantee that we're going to go anywhere, but we have full on intentions to get a lot of places. And I think it's one thing that for any of our listeners that, that I think as we progress, I think if we start to do this in-person stuff, we might not be as frequent on the podcast form when we're trying to turn out these, these episodes and trim through some film and, and get that stuff published and produced. So we might not be two, three times a week, but as we go through the off season, we're going to be primarily interview driven. Uh, we're going to make sure that we ask questions about player development, the recruiting process, you know, what their experiences are like, whether that be a player or whether it be a coach at the college level and being able to utilize those resources to provide information for really anybody who's interested in playing college baseball or playing professional baseball or just high school baseball and you want to be the best player you can be, travel baseball, you want to be the best player you can be. I think there's something to learn from all these people's people about you know, what can you do differently and what can set you apart at each of these levels to be the best baseball player you can be? Yeah, I think because um, they would never admit it, but I feel like when you're speaking at a camp or speaking to prospective student athletes or speaking to a high school student athlete as a college coach, there's definitely a mode you go into and there's a lot of buzzwords and, and coach speaking cliche. And I feel like you know, we still get some of that in these settings, but I also feel like we can give people kind of a peek behind the curtain a little bit. And we try and, you know, direct the conversation or at least direct the questions so that we can avoid some of that coach speak. Um, because, you know, that's me and you can, I don't want to toot our horns too much, but we can speak the language a little bit so we can understand, you know, we can kind of figure out how to ask the questions that maybe if you haven't been in that setting, if you're, like you said, if you're someone who's looking to play in college baseball or get more information about what it's like to play in college baseball, you might not know how to ask those questions to not just get the, the typical canned coach speak answer that every one of us who have coached at the college level knows. Um, so, you know, hopefully, like you said, we can give that unique perspective to those people and, and information and just the peek behind the curtain of what their thought process is and what it's like to, you know, be a part of a program, whether it's big or small, because, you know, we're not just going to, you know, hopefully we can. And, and we have had great conversations with people at big schools that are um, have fantastic programs, but also the smaller schools that a lot of times get overlooked um, by a lot of people, but um, can offer just as great or better for some people experiences 
Of course, of course. So for for our listeners that might be here for the first time, Dan, I'll, I'll give one and, and you give one. Why don't you give one episode, uh, whether it be an interview or anything that we talked about in the past, that if somebody is new to this podcast, they should head back and, and listen to to kind of get a feel for, for the things we talk about and, and hopefully the kind of the information we're looking to get across. There's a couple. Um, one, just because I'm a little bit biased, but Tom Riley, I mean, one, that episode was just a lot of fun because obviously he's both of ours former boss um, and friend, I would say as well, uh, head coach at Goldie Beacon College in Delaware. Um, that's the first interview we ever had where um, I think the, the interviewee was outside in like February <laughs> or January. <laughs> he was bundled up. It was um, February 6th. So. There you go. February 6th of 2023. Um, he was fantastic. And he was fantastic just because of, of his story and his path to where he is and kind of what they've cultivated at Goldie Beacom um, and just also the type of person he is. So I think for people who he's entertaining, he's He's the best, um, and he knows that I think that. He won't be happy that I said it, but he knows that I think that he's the best. Um, and then uh, there, I guess that's my one. I'll, I'll let you go because I don't want to take any ones that you might you might take. So go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and and I'm gonna take one that that you weren't lucky enough to be there for, and it, it was our conversation with Matt Mervis. Uh, he was at the time the one of the minor league leaders in home runs coming out of the 2022 season. He debuted with the Cubs uh, this year at shortly after a really good start to AAA. Played some big league ball and being able to talk hitting with a guy that caliber and and kind of hear what his thought process is. So for any parents, any players that are interested in hearing what what kind of a big leaguer thought things uh, and for our local people that he is a Duke alum. I think he did graduate. He is an alum. So uh, he did play his ball at, at Duke. And, and so you might've seen him play and, and obviously want to root for that guy. So that that's going to be mine. I think I know where, where your other one is. Um, I think we can both agree that Colton Lovelace is a, is a conversation that everybody should tune into. I would say that to the world. If, if I had a one way to pick an episode, it would definitely be Colton would be a big part of that, but there's plenty more. Uh, Brian Torresani is a, a, a great conversation that we've had on twice. Um, people like Carlos Colazzo and Peter Flaherty offer a different kind of lens. They're not in the coaching side of things, but they're in the scouting side of things. So kind of what do people look for in that realm? So ton of different information, ton of different opportunities. But I mean, if you head back and listen to any of their interviews, I think they're all relevant at this point in time as well. Um, they're all pretty up to date and the questions will definitely carry some weight here. But Dan, any closing thoughts before, before we get out of here? Obviously, we're super excited to to announce this and hopefully it's the it's the first of many great conversations that, that we get to have talking about what the TPA offers and, and what we're going to be able to do in this partnership. No, I'm just super excited and I hope everyone enjoys and I hope our listeners that have been with us from the beginning continue to enjoy the content that we put out. Um, it's going to look very similar. Um, yes. You don't have to worry about that. Um, and I hope any new listeners we get, I hope you would enjoy it as well. Uh, I, Me and Trevor like each other, so I don't know how we come across just to people who don't know us as well as we know each other. Um, and just a huge thank you to TPA and, and Bo and Andy and the team up there for giving us this opportunity. And, and hopefully um, it's something that can exist and, and grow and, and go on for a long time. Definitely, definitely. So for any of you out there who might not know what the performance caddy 
Academy is. For all your athletic training needs, train with purpose at the Performance Academy. TPA houses a number of training resources from private baseball and softball instruction to team sports performance classes. Utilized advanced technologies like output sports, hit tracks, and TrackMan to take your game to the next level. On top of our elite staff and advanced technological capabilities, be a part of the TPA family and take advantage of the many resources our facility has to offer. Obviously, we're super biased about the fact that we think it's the best in the Raleigh area, the best in the state of North Carolina. Uh, we definitely think everybody should be training there um, and getting their resources locally there. But that'll do for this episode of the Backside Ground Balls podcast. We have a lot of cool episodes on the on the periphery. We're going to be looking at those in the future. We're going to be setting those up. So we'll be coming back to you with a lot more frequency. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, getting back in person to Gardner Webb as well will be an awesome experience. But thank you to our listeners as that will conclude our episode for today. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast on all podcast platforms, including Apple Pods, Spotify, and anywhere you find your podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Backside GB, Instagram at Backside Ground Balls, and TikTok at Backside Ground Ball. And most importantly, make sure you're sharing with five friends. And we'll see you next time on the Backside Ground Balls podcast podcast.